0: Is there a bridge between the failures of our past and our future calling? Sometimes the gulf between all of the ways we feel like we've let other people down, let ourselves down, been let down by others, just all the failures of our past as a, as a disciple of Jesus, as a friend, as a spouse, as a team member, as a um, person trying to do their best, but just somehow coming up short? Is there a bridge between all of the failures of our past, our moral failures and failures to perform and failures to get it right, and our future calling? You know, the person that we were put on this earth to become, the spouse we were meant to become, the friend we were meant to become, the parent we were meant to become, all of the noble things God has for us. Is there something that could bridge those two things? Sometimes it just feels like the, the gulf, the, the chasm is just unpassable and that we're just gonna be stuck over in the zone of failure and that future calling is off the table or maybe it's off the table. Maybe we've just made too many mistakes. Maybe we've made too many detours. Um, maybe we've just gotten it wrong too many times and future calling, uh, like, there's just nothing that can bridge us what God's called us to be, who he's called us to be. Peter, Jesus's like lead disciple, probably wanted a bridge like that. He had failed Jesus and his friends spectacularly. He denied Jesus three times when it mattered most, and these denials happened after years of bragging, literally like three years of him saying that he would be the best that he would be the bravest, that he would follow Jesus wherever Jesus went. And after all that bragging and after all that bravado, when it mattered most, there was a a servant girl that asked him, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? This is right before the crucifixion. Peter says, no, no way. He's asked a second time. He's asked a third time. No, no. And then the third time it was like, I swear I don't know him. I swear I don't know him. So. Peter must have felt like, man, I'm always going to be over here in the zone of failure. My failures are going to define me. They were so dramatic. They were so uh, public. Jesus looked him in the eye after the third denial. I imagine for Peter, he just assumed, like, there's no bridge left for me yet. It's just, the chasm is uncrossable. And yet, Jesus actually had a bridge for him. Right before Jesus ascended to the Father, he wanted. Peter to cross that bridge. And so we're going to look at the bridge in John 21, starting with verse 15. Um, Jesus asks Peter an insightful question. Verse 15 of John 21 says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Ah, Isn't that an interesting question? Jesus did not ask Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Why did you screw it up so badly? Simon, son of John, why did you get afraid of a servant girl who asked you if you knew me? Simon, why did you brag for three years and then absolutely let me down? Why did you? You always screw it up, Simon Peter. After all the ways I've been patient with you, you fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when I was asking you to pray, and then you took out your sword and you chopped off a servant's ear, you like totally forgot about the Sermon on the Mount. And then you denied me three times in the, middle of, in the middle of everything. Why do you always screw things up? Jesus didn't ask him that question. And he didn't ask them that question because the bridge between the failures of our past and our future calling is not the hatred of self. It is the love of Christ. That's the bridge. And Jesus made that bridge himself Peter watched him do it. For three years, Jesus built that bridge of, of his love for Peter, laying his life down for Peter in all kinds of ways. He watched Jesus uh, be bound in love to bring Peter across that bridge. He watched Jesus um, be led to a place he didn't want to go and stretch out his arms of love on the hardwood of the cross. Uh, Peter felt the love of Jesus when. Jesus breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He tasted the love of Jesus uh, when he had breakfast prepared for him, a breakfast of fish and bread after working all night. So the bridge had been built. The love of Christ was available to him, but now Jesus needs to come to Peter and lead him over the bridge because it's a two-way street. Jesus can build the bridge, but he wants us to walk across it with him, with our own two feet and to express our love for Jesus. It's the love of Christ that he has for us, but the love of Christ that we have for him. He asks him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? We read that and we go, huh, more than what? Now, Peter knew what Jesus was talking about and Jesus knew what he was talking about. Uh, We don't necessarily know. Is it like, do you love me more than this fish? This, you know, catch a fish that you got? Do you love me more than your friends? Uh, do you love me more than being the top dog? You know, all of the above? The thing is, we've all got something that would fill that spot. Do you love me more than these? Like if Jesus asked you that question, how do you think he would fill in the blank for you? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, fill in the blank, spouse, job, kids, friends? personal freedoms, uh, whatever our favorite hobby is, whatever our passionate cause is, like whatever desire has taken on too much of a role in your life, uh, whatever maybe you're trusting to get you from failure to future calling. Do you love me more than these? For Peter, like it almost doesn't matter, love me more than these. Jesus isn't going to focus on that. He's actually calling Peter to express his love for him. Do you love me, Peter? Do you, have a, do you have affection for me? Do you have commitment for me? Um, do you uh, want to be bonded to me more than anything else in this life? And Peter says, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. Amen. All right. So Peter confesses it. Now Jesus has something to work with. All right, Peter, let's walk across that bridge together. I want you to feed my lambs. I've got something for you to do, Peter. I've got people for you to love. I've got these lambs. They're vulnerable. They're small. They're new to the Christian faith. They're gonna need a leader who's going to feed them the word of God. Someone who's gonna be gentle with them. I need a strong shepherd to feed my lambs. And so Peter, doesn't matter what your failures have been. You just confessed your love for me. And I want you to express that love for me. For the next three decades, I want you to feed my lambs. So there it is. End of conversation? Not the end of the conversation. Jesus actually surprises us by asking it the second time. Verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, we might think that Jesus is, like, insecure. Like, that's why we wouldn't ask uh, someone if they loved us, and then they said yes, and then they're like, yeah, but do you really love me? And maybe that would come across to us like, this person's, this person's really needy. Jesus isn't needy. He's actually giving Peter a chance to go a little deeper, to express it again, to express it liturgically, to, to continue to walk across the bridge. Like, say it again, let yourself hear, Peter, that you do indeed love me. So Jesus asks... Peter the second time, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So he responds, all right, the way I want you to love me, tend my flock. And there's this overlap between feeding lambs, tending flock. It's like a, a bunch of leadership images for Peter to draw on, to get a vision for the calling that Jesus had, like way beyond Peter's failure. Yeah, he he was a failure in leadership. He was a failure in discipleship. But now, He's got this calling, and he's got this way forward to love Jesus. And Jesus is, is always doing this for Peter. He's, he's using images to help Peter understand, like, you have a leadership call. I want you to be a fisher of men. I want you to feed lambs. I want you to tend flock. And it's like Peter was an influential guy. And Jesus wanted to take that, and he wanted to, to give it a purpose and to give it a calling and you've been specifically designed with gifts, with talents, with interests, with burdens. Like Frederick B- Buechner talked about your calling is where your deep hunger, and or sorry, your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger like find a meeting point. Uh, there's a, uh, a poem that a friend of mine shared. I'm going to share with you. It's called The Way It Is by William Stafford, and it's about this sense of calling that God wants to give us. There's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and grow old. Nothing you can do can stop times unfolding. You don't even let go of the thread. We don't ever let go of a thread that Jesus gives us. Even if maybe there was a time in our life where we had no idea what the thread was. And we spent our time on things that had nothing to do with the way God designed us. Uh, and yet, Jesus, he wants to help us find the thread. He knows what the thread is. The thread of our calling. And <laughs> there's some, some great ducks there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Parker Palmer has a great book on calling called Let Your Life Speak. And the whole idea is that if you were to listen to your life, you would hear it tell you, and I would say you would hear the Holy Spirit tell you, you would hear Jesus tell you like, here's your calling. You have you have gifts, you have talents, you have interests uh, and they weren't given To you to be kept. They were actually given to you to be given as a gift to others. Peter's leadership gift was meant to be given away to others to tend Christ's flock. And that was a very specific way for him to walk across that bridge from his past failures to his future calling. It was a way for him to love Jesus. So Jesus asked him the first time. He asked him the second time and he goes for the third question. Peter, do you love me? This is in um, verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So... Uh, here, Jesus is drawing out of Peter the grief from the memories of his failure. And uh, I'm reminded when I read this of uh, a wise person that once said, pain is like a knife, that it can cut deep, but in the hands of a surgeon, in the hands of a healer, it can heal deep as well. And Jesus knows that uh, Peter's going to like not be able to let that memory go Unless he can give it to Jesus in this moment, and it's almost like Peter, uh, Jesus is saying to Peter, like, bring that memory of your denial, the 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 three times denial, bring that to me. Let's bring it into a relationship, um, so that I can heal it. Because I don't want you to carry this anymore. I don't want you dragging this memory around of like, yeah, I denied Jesus, I denied Jesus, I denied Jesus, and it was terrible. And he looked at me in the eye, and everyone saw it. No, 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 no. It's time to let that go. It's time to bring that failure to me. I want to forgive that. Um, one pastor said that uh, the healing of memories is the forgiveness of sins. Those two things go together, like our memories being healed and sins being forgiven are, are closely related. Jesus actually, he doesn't uh, distance himself from us when we fail. Actually, when Christ went to the cross, to take our sins upon himself. He was actually drawing closer to us in our failure. Jesus invites us, like he invited Peter, to love him by giving him our pain and our memories so that he can heal them, so he can set us free from being slaves to them, and he can unlock our future calling. He can give us uh, a way to serve him and to love him. Here's how Jesus uh, sort of describes the ultimate fulfillment of Peter's calling. It's not how we would normally describe the ultimate fulfillment of our calling. Um, he says in verses 18 and 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. In verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. So, um, Peter is, uh, his death is going to be crucifixion. And these phrases that Jesus uh, gives Peter, just sort of like paint that picture. Peter's going to be bound. It's not just someone's going to put his clothes on him when he's an old man, that's not the death that he dies. He dies a, a, a gruesome death. He's bound, he's led to a place he doesn't wanna go, um, similarly to how Jesus was. Um, he stretches out, his arms are stretched out in love because he is going to be crucified as well. Um, And and actually, that's how he was going to fulfill his life calling. Uh, And that's what Jesus had for him. After three decades of pastoral ministry, he was going to be martyred for the faith. I think the big challenge for us here um, is not so much the challenge of crucifixion. Uh, That's thankfully not a part of our culture right now. But what is a part of our culture is just this idea that our ultimate fulfillment is going to be unlimited options. And I'm reminded of G.K. Chesterton who said, Love is not blind, it is bound. And the more it is bound, the less it is blind. And he's referring to the fact that to truly love, uh, to truly love Christ, and to truly love the people he puts in our life, to truly fulfill the calling he has for us, that means we're going to have to foreclose on a bunch of options that we're not going to have unlimited freedom like we always wanted. We're not going to be able to do whatever we wanted. Actually, fulfilling our life call is going to be lots and lots of limiting our options uh, and doing things that we don't like doing because it is the best way uh, to love and serve our our neighbor, our family, uh, and our calling. And that's what was for Peter. He's like, Peter, I want you to bind yourself to those lambs and sheep for three decades. I want you to serve them. I want you to be in the mess with them. And then when it's all over, Peter, um, you're going to go where you don't want to go. You're going to be led. You're not going to be able to just go, hey, I want to go fishing today. No, that's not what it looks like to fulfill our call. Um, It's a noble call. This was something that he would do to glorify God. And when we all are in the presence of God together, when we come before um, our loving Savior on that final day, Um, we're going to want to have made him proud in this life. We're going to want to have fulfilled what he asked us to do. And I just think for many of us, we've got to let go of this idea that our future calling is going to be unlimited options, doing really whatever we want to do. It's going to be doing what Jesus asked us to do. That's the way we can love him. I guess to end, I would just say this. Um, I I think a lot of us really struggle really struggle with the yeah buts. We just get stuck in the land of um, yeah buttery, we could even say. And we go, yeah, but Lord, um, I, I'm i too old actually to let go of my failures and fulfill a future call. And Jesus says, do you love me? We go, Lord, I, I've I failed you too many times. I've, I've messed up in too, uh, too many ways. Yeah, yeah, but do you love me? Oh well, Lord, I, I actually, uh, I see this person over here who's my age, who has what I want and who's a lot further ahead than me and I'm never going to catch up and I'm never going to fulfill my last call and he just says, Yeah, but do you love me? Do you love me? I was talking with a friend of mine. He was saying, Yeah, the, the, the way I found my calling was just simply one do you love me conversation with Jesus at a time. And that's the only way that any of us find our call is one do-you-love-me conversation at a time. That's the way that we are able to, to cross from just the place of being uh, stuck, stuck in old memories, stuck in old expectations, stuck just like sort of obsessing over our failures or over the failures of other people. That bridge of the love of Christ, His love for us, our love for Him, our yes to Him again and again and again, and it is that, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. All right, I've got a job for you. And he calls all of us to follow him over that bridge. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.